The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, folks, and welcome to Typology. All right. Of course, we continue our amazing lineup of guests with the amazing Amanda Lindsay Cook. Amanda is a Dove Award winner, a Covenant Award winner. Her latest release is House on a Hill, and it is amazing, and she is amazing, and she is actually a really good friend, and you are in store for something special. She is an Enneagram 5, and as I stated last week, she has done her work and beautifully wrapped her words around her experience as a 5, so you are in for a treat. So in part two of our two-part series with Amanda, we'll pick up where Amanda and Ian are talking about what it's like as an Enneagram 5 to be present with yourself, present with your emotions, present with your current feelings. So let's get into part two of our two-part series with Amanda Lindsay Cook and your host, Ian Cron. For years and years, I stored up emotion and I did not know how to express it except through music. And even in my family, my my family, are there they feel things deeply and they cry a lot easier than I do. And I remember my dad, even when I was a kid being like, you can let it out. You can let Mm. it out what you feel. And I did not know how to Mm. like in my body. I knew how the only place I really found that kind of home was in music, was in playing it was in piano. But, um, I think over the last couple of years, um, I just, all those kind of guards just kind of came down mm. a bit and um, I, I started to just, it's still a practice to decide to let the, let the waves of emotion actually happen because I think I get afraid that I'll be swept away by them mm. or I'll drown there rather than letting it like wash and cleanse and heal and, you know, we can only really heal what we're willing to feel anyways. So. Mm-hmm. Um, say being, that again. We can only heal what we're willing to feel. Can you say that again? <laughs> we can only heal what we're willing to <laughs> That's feel. That's an amazing statement. I just, well. That, I mean, but you're a five on the Enneagram. <laughs> I think that's a revelation you had at some point mm. based on uh, a season of brokenness because mm-hmm. we've been kind of, mm-hmm. you mentioned it a while back, mm-hmm. but we've been sort of touching on yeah. it again and again so you you went through a profoundly deeply painful year mm-hmm. it sounds like it had something to do with mm-hmm. the dissolution of a relationship mm-hmm. um that and this eruption in, mm-hmm. in your life was some kind of a um a, a bright glad abyss uh where it was it took you apart yeah yeah and like you've had some darkness. incredible learnings mm-hmm. in the midst of it. And one of them is you can't heal what you don't feel. Now, that's an amazing piece of wisdom for a five to no. give to the world. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think that grief was probably the launching pad. Mm. It's, it, I feel like grief is a gift, but it's a grip, and it and it won't let you go until you feel what needs to heal. And that part of it, 
I mean, it's just kind of, I feel like that's, that thought has led me over the last couple of years. Because a lot of things crashed down with, um, with my marriage. It was a lot of perceptions. It was a lot of how things should be or should have been. Or did I miss the memo? Did I miss, you know, what, how life was supposed to be laid out? Um, it threw me into infinite possibility, which was terrifying and um, also really healing at the same time. I just can I highlight that because you said something else. The grief is mm-hmm. a gift, but it's a grip until. Yeah. 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 That's pretty the powerful. Tr- I mean, there's another saying of like the truthful set you free, but yeah. it'll piss you off first. That's right. <laughs> and I feel like those two things are very true because they, they're friends. Like grief mm-hmm. is a friend, but I, I think it's a perceived threat mm-hmm. to like an idea of happiness that we have mm. that I can't be happy and grieving at the same time mm-hmm. that I don't have a cavern that's actually like able to hold joy and sorrow um and that's part of the you know I f- feel afraid of I think probably deep sadness the most because mm. mm. I have a I'm prone to melancholy and I'm you know moved by rainy days but I I have a hard time dwelling there because I feel like I might just never emerge <laughs> that so baptism that, that might wing. be complete she might not come back out of the water you there's know? that four wing yeah making yeah its yes absolutely known, yeah right? yeah so I, I have a a writer who i always loved was john o'donohue and, oh i love him isn't he great so o'donohue oh. when when uh, cancer would visit a friend or something like that or grief <sighs> yeah. or depression he would say to them he would encourage them to turn toward it and to say so uh, brother or sister grief why have you chosen this moment to visit me yeah yeah isn't that lovely yeah why have you chosen this moment to visit me rather so and i think it's a very five way to respond in it but i also think it's a beautiful beautiful way for any of us to respond mm. so that we can step back and this is where being a five is a good thing right it's the ability <laughs> to step back mm. and not be find yourself too much at the locus of the problem but to step back and go so grief why in this moment of my mm. life have you chosen to visit mm. me? Mm. Yeah. Nice, right? Yeah. It's a it's a powerful question. You know, uh, one of the guesses people make about fives, um, and perhaps because fives report certain experiences, early experiences that contributed to the construction of this personality style, mm-hmm. is I like that. Right? Construction yeah. of this personality style. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So this perception, real or imagined, mm. that they did not connect early on with caregivers, right? Mm. And and so what happens is this thirst for knowledge then starts to come from the belief, if only I'd known wow. what mm. mom, dad, coach, you know, all these, if only I'd known what they wanted. Wow. I could have conformed to their vision of me and received their love. This has explained so much of my existence. <laughs> so really, it's not just what—it's not just knowledge that fives want. It's foreknowledge. Mm. Mm. They want to know the, the the search for knowledge is yeah. a way of like, how can I gain mm. knowledge in advance yeah. right. that I might connect with other people? Yeah, but they don't. In a way, the thing that they're doing is the very thing that that prohibits the possibility yeah. of the connection. Does yeah. that 
Yeah, that rings so true. How? Why? Why does that ring true? I think, um, I mean, I can apply it to a lot of, I mean, a lot of community, I would say. I would, I can apply that to, um, I'm not going to say, well, I'll say the church at large, I'll say spirituality, I'll say religion, you know, different institutions of thinking, of perceiving, of expressing, um, I, I, I would say that I tend to do exactly what you just described. I'm doing a really bad job of describing it right now, but I'm I'm applying that right now in my mind to so many different mm. instances. I had a conversation with my best friend about this very thing about a week ago. Interesting. Where I felt very childlike, and I was like, "Will we still be friends if right. <laughs> those kinds of things?" Yeah, because there's um, there are things that crop up where I'm like, "Have I? I feel like I've been wearing." what people expected of me and even if we dive into music a little bit music always felt like the great liberator to me it was permission to express to feel to make sense of the world to and it was very i mean i'd say kind of i mean most art has a bit of narcissism in it but kind of needs to it needs to because the person's vulnerability needs to stay intact and we're writing to try to heal ourselves i think you know a lot of the time so it's an attempt like so it's an attempt and and within music i ended up writing spiritual songs because it's so um it's just it's always been a part of the picture for me um the quest for god the pilgrimage that we're on to try to make sense of our world and our meaning and purpose and um and within that, like, I've always struggled with genres. <laughs> it's probably a very fine thing to say as well. I've always struggled with genres. I understand that frameworks are helpful for people to understand context. It gives people a framework to go, okay, this is what I'm coming into. This is what I'm prepared to see. But um, I think probably it's a lot like being typecast, how um, you do one thing and then people come to expect you to do that exact same thing over and over again, which is why I think artists are really courageous when they reinvent themselves, no matter what the cost is. Cause mm-hmm. the cost might be that your last fan base don't like what you do. They don't like what you're saying anymore. They don't like what, what you represent because they are maybe still invested in your last piece of work, which is fine. I think there's something ageless and timeless about that. Yep. That's the hope with, I think, the vocation of artistry is that it would meet people wherever. It's the public service. It would meet people exactly in that moment when it's needed. Yeah, so I, I always think about when you... We don't know Bob Dylan because it's all speculation, but we, <clears throat> many people I know and respect would say Dylan's a four. Others that I know and respect would say he's a five. Hmm. But what you just now made me realize is maybe he's a five because, <laughs> you know, Dylan just reinvented himself constantly. Yeah. And it was like, I don't care what anybody thinks, actually. So there wasn't this sort of like, I'm being swept. Through. It was almost a very five-ish response. It's right. like, no, I'm doing, it's like, no, I'm I'm boundary, I'm transgressing. Yeah. You know, I'm always artistically transgressing. And when you were speaking, I was thinking about the artist, George Brock, who said, um, Art is a wound turned into light. Wow. Mm. That was good. Wow. Yeah. Hey, is it Leonard Cohen who said, ring the bells that still can ring? Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack in everything. Mm-hmm. That is how the light gets in. Yeah. 
Should we close in prayer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, amen. <laughs> Meditation well, to follow. I want to go someplace with this because it's a perfect segue into something. So, House on a Hill. Um, I was listening to House on a Hill this mm. morning, your record, mm. uh, which, by the way, has one of the most five covers I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> right? If it could have just been the blank slate with nothing on it i think i would have been like there it Every is five wants to infinite, make the white album it's infinite possibility <laughs> there so it good. is <laughs> every five wants to make the white album i mean it's sort of like there you That's are amazing. on a comp- on a white background yeah in my invisibility white, cloak <laughs> in your invisibility cloak with just your uh walking figure in the center right yeah then there's a record before that evergreen where you're tossing through the air, like sort of somersaulting against a white background right yeah which to me sort of felt like the fives defense mechanism of this feeling of yeah. isolation mm. and emptiness mm. right yeah uh and um so there's a great buddhist teacher i can't remember it was um song on rinpoche whose name i've got all wrong there but that's very mm. very famous uh teacher and he once showed a group of people a picture of a bird on a white background mm. and he said what is this a picture of and they said it's a bird. He said no. It's an it's negative space hmm. uh, in which a bird appears, but it's a picture of negative space. Wow, that's so good. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, and so, what was so interesting looking at that of that that cover? Yes, I was like, it's wow. this. It's you in, but it's a picture of negative space in which you appear. It but is. it's not a picture that of you exactly in negative it. space. Where were you when the album came out? I could have really. <laughs> this? Dear God, that's exactly it. Yeah, and that's a very five sort of way of being in the world. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, and where isolation is a, a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, this withdrawing mm-hmm. uh, into isolation, mm-hmm. uh, even while you're with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about the lyric to "House on a Hill." Mm. I know that uh, it's a it's a beautiful subtle conversation between yourself and God. Mm-hmm. But as I was reading it, knowing that I was going to interview a five today, <laughs> and I was reading it and reading it, I loved the lyric. I want you to hear me read this lyric as though you're speaking it to another person, mm-hmm. not to God. Is mm-hmm. this what was going on in this song? No, I just want to hear this. Let's do this. Okay. Uh, so the opening uh, stanza, right? It's, a, it's, it's quiet. In this house upon a hill. You won't mind it. Some things you can't know till you're still. In the silence where your spinning thoughts slow down, in the stillness, things have a way of working out. So obviously in this house upon a hill, I mean, I don't want to throw, project too much information Mm -hmm. onto this to make my case that you're a five or whatever. But, you know, when I hear house upon a hill, I do think about the fives with retreat into what we call the castle of the mind. Man, yeah, that's it. And But there's a, I was imagining you actually as though speaking to a lover, Hmm. uh, another person. Hmm. Uh, And then you get to this section, allow me to introduce myself again. Hmm. I'm the one that you knew before time began. I've been waiting for you to let me be your friend. Everything you ever ever need is everything I am. I am, I am, I am. Mm -hmm. How does my twisting the lyric into it being both about a conversation between God and you, but also the possibility that it's a conversation between you and another 
a friend, a lover, uh, a husband, whatever, a partner. What? How does that? Is that? Is that something that we is accidentally, unconsciously in the lyric, or am I reading too much into it? No, I don't think you're reading too much into it at all. I. Um, this is one of the reasons why I love music is because we were the. By the time it reaches us as as a listener, it's meant to serve us as a protagonist so it is whatever we want it to be mm-hmm. interpretation matters i i love hearing it um in in both ways mm-hmm. i really really do i think great art has multiple meanings so i think that when we write i mean i love i love when we stumble into something that has at least two or three different ways of lo- even for me but um I, I here's something I feel like I've been thinking about a lot lately too is just the the mystery of an artist being um, being tucked into a song that then becomes whatever it is the listener wants it to be or needs it to be rather than song stories. I think we were talking a couple mm. of friends were talking about song stories the other day where. Um, we're kind of all tired of them because it feels like we're still no. By the time the music is released, it becomes someone else's. It's not mine anymore. It's ours. It's whatever you want it to be. And when I still continue to show up imposing what it should be for you, mm-hmm. that's just my narcissism. I guess at work yeah, making it about me. It's not about me mm-hmm. at that point. It it served. It really served me. I feel lucky that I get to be part of a song yeah. as it's being born, as it's showing up into the world. Totally. But by the time it reaches other people's ears, it's meant to be yours. Yeah. It's meant to, all of us have those songs that we grabbed onto and we're like, oh, this was written directly for me. And if I hear the story behind it, often it punctures the experience I had with it. It's yeah. like, wait a second. No, that was, but that's yeah. not my experience with it, you know? Right. Um, so I love the mystery being intact mm-hmm. of, you know, respectfully going, the song, this song is yours. I can, I can, I love sharing stories with friends around a table about, you know, certain songs and where they come from. But for the most part, I just don't want to, I don't want to create something where people get stuck thinking about me when they're listening to the song. That to me would be counterintuitive. Yeah. So you've used the word mystery about 36 times. Right. Yes. (laughs) So I have a question Uh, for you. Uh, uh, Are you a mystic? Uh, Who decides that? Well, how about you? (laughs) Uh, Would I like to, would I liken myself to it? Or uh, maybe I'm, I gravitate towards that. I gravitate towards mystics and I gravitate towards mystical language for sure. I only ask that because I know so many fives who are mystics. I mean, I would hope to be, but I don't feel old enough. (laughs) I don't feel like I have enough life experience to be qualified as as you're defined by something like that yeah but i'm just curious <laughs> but i would like to be yeah so but why why you know there are other types that i could imagine but but in many ways like you know fives would make the most natural mystics they'd make the most natural zen priests they, but you know what i mean or zen buddhists so mm. they would make mm-hmm. the most natural christian mystics mm. um why why is that about a mystery and fives and their love for the transcendent, uh, for making contact with it, for dwelling in it? You know, for people who are so heady, I think we tend to think of mystics as being uh, ecstatically enraptured, you know, mm. uh, which feels very emotional, mm, you know, right. which we don't normally associate, emotionality, we don't associate with fives. So mm-hmm. what is this sort of attraction to the mystical? 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I would say it feels like a gravitational pull more than anything. Um, I mean, is mystery tantalizing to the five? Yeah. I think to be like, I, I love, I think Roar puts it, it's, we're not called to the unsearchable mystery of God, but the endless searchable mystery of God. Mm. I think that's what the gravitational pull Mm. is to be drawn into the, the endless searchable. So searching something out is the the, one topic you can't not, you cannot fully get to the bottom of. It's a final frontier Mm. and it, and it's ecstatic, like I feel ecstatic about discovery, but I mostly feel ecstatic about not being able to master something, but study something, and that there's no end to it. That kind of, that gives me life. That's part of what gets me out of bed, I think, in the morning, is the idea of I can, I can, I can chip away at this every day and learn something and, and take hold of something and watch something and witness something and be, you know overwhelmed by something in the best way there's like you know two ways of looking at that but that it's not i discover enough to finally master something which actually sounds counterintuitive i think to five minutes but i don't think it is i think it's just that 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 endless discovery it's the actual joy of discovery that i'm in that i'm like i'm i'm here for that Mm. it's not that i want to know everything that is to be known about something that's just impossible that's not you know pick any subject we only know really what we know about it until we know more. And even then, it runs through our current of, you know, thinking, being, mm. w- whatever our filters are, whatever our upbringing right. is, our nature, nurture, personalities, everything. Like the idea of knowing something or someone is, it's exciting and it's, there is no end to it, you know? So I think, I think discovery is probably the, yeah. yeah. So thinking uh, as a five, Mm -hmm. so through the lens of the Enneagram, what would you do differently in a future relationship? So through the lens of the Enneagram, thinking as a five, Mm -hmm. what would you do differently in a future relationship, in a next relationship? Oh, geez. Well, I don't feel like I can project... um, into that space real quick because my anxiety really wants to project into that space really quietly. So if I just go into more the the peaceful place, <laughs> um, I would say I'm more interested in healing all of my relationships. So my relationship to God, to the world, to my body, to my mind, to my soul, to every human. Like I would hope that I meet somebody on the journey of that who is interested in that as well and Mm. is doing his own internal work. Because I think that's, you know, that's our, all of us have that path of doing our own internal work of healing. And so I think I can't get too far ahead in that. I feel like I'm 
just actually gloriously pretty pretty like here mm. here right now thinking about how do i what is the the crux of this moment because we we're patterned people we we tend to there's a wounded child in us that wants to heal itself so it'll keep recreating the same things over and over again to try to get a different outcome yes and i'm you know we all we can look back at patterns and trends in our lives of how we treat relationships or people or and i'm like oh, i don't i don't want to keep i don't want to recreate the same pattern within me um you know with people i would really love to be able to do one degree shift for a long period of time that hopefully brings life transformation mm. so yeah we're all recovering children, aren't we? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I love what you were just saying. And it was interesting how you compartmentalized some things. You know, you were like, I want to um, make repairs in my relationship with God, with others, with myself. And, of course, we would all do that to an extent. But when a five does it, I always go, huh. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but <clears throat> that's what you're describing in my sort of language would be shalom right Mm. which is we live in a world of rupture Mm. and so we are we experience a ruptured relationship psychologically uh emotionally socially spiritually ecologically um uh, at every level there's rupture Mm. right um and shalom is that movement from rupture to healing and wholeness in those things, wow. right? Uh, and so I think that's a beautiful goal, which is to say I'm I'm looking for shalom, or moving, wanting to move, or to facilitate shalom mm-hmm. in each of these ruptured areas of my life. And mm-hmm. I love that you're saying, and I want to stay in this present moment to do that. And mm-hmm. if I go too far out, like maybe a six would, or even I might, you know, which is like I've been burned in this thing, yeah. And so I'm now wanting to get foreknowledge mm-hmm. of what I'm going to do next, yeah. you know, differently. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that you just said, I just want to stay in the present moment and deal with the things that are right here. Yeah. There's both of these things are very true when you describe that. I'm like, that's what my anxious self would do is try to get enough foreknowledge to like, okay, we're going to, we're, this is where we're headed. But when I'm, when I actually take a breath and go into that space of essence and peace, it's right. very much like, no, I've. I want to be here today and let today happen because it's all I have. It's mm. all we have. And I, I want to I want to discover whatever I whatever I meant to discover today so that it leads into whatever's next, but that all that all feels like mystery. Mm-hmm. When I start to get anxious about it and future trip my way into it, usually it has to do with trying to trying to heal, trying to, you know, uh, recreate something so that I can change the ending of it, but the practice of being present is a, is a lot more um, is actually a lot more healing than yeah. than that one. <laughs> so, well, I don't know why this question is coming to my mind, but I'll, I'll I'll throw it out there. Where are you on the journey toward becoming your own friend? Man, <laughs> uh, nobody's ever asked me that or put it that way before I would say slowly slowly but surely Mm. slowly but surely that sounds very hopeful to me yes yeah 
Um, as with everything else that I do, it's slow. But I would say there's a sh- there's a, sh- a sure thing about it mm. that um, that I forget, mm. but it's always there. Mm. You know, just like the the shimmering presence of isness, and that's God. So I think it's a slowly but surely kind of thing. Do you hear all this language of the mystic? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it is everywhere. <laughs> you may it's not like, be a mystic, but you're mystical. Yeah, man. I, well, well no. I, that's the thing. I'm like, that would be like winning a Grammy to me is being called a mystic. <laughs> right. I'm like, that would be, that's it. Where do I give my well, if speech? If you had a three wing, you'd be looking for both. <laughs> Where's, where do I give my speech? <laughs> But I think that's why I'm like, who decides? Right, Does somebody decide? Right. Does somebody? Is there a mystic gathering that I've been missing out on all these years? Is there years? a conference? Like is there a conference to? that I go to? Do they hand out like? Where do I apply? I've been to all the others. Where, where's where the yeah, do they do they hand out diplomas? Like, do you just wake up one day and decide? You know what? I'm so me, I'm a mystic now. <laughs> I'm like I yes. I feel so like it's it, something that's bestowed upon someone with reverence, well, it is. not necessarily like taken. right. Right. So in a way, it is so. There's many sort of understandings of the word mystic. It's a very, it's one of those terms that's evasive, right? Because every time you go to define it, it it's like mercury. You go to put your finger on it and it kind of like splats out and goes, yeah, you didn't quite nail it yet. Right, you know? right. Um, it's something, you know, oftentimes mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't know how to define what a mystic is, but I know one when I see one. Ah, uh, so Does that, good. you know yes. what I mean? That's so yeah, good. Uh, so, yeah. And so when I think of a mystic, there's a couple of, different ways i mean there's sort of an academic understanding which would be a mystic like say a mystical experience is something that comes to you unbidden Mm. you you an experience of the the of the presence of god a powerful experience of the the presence of god that comes to you out of the blue almost it's like it's a gift that Mm. just comes Mm. and you're like oh my gosh where where has this come from Mm. It, it then it's also something that when you go to try and explain it to somebody else, you have no language mm-hmm. that can capture it. Yeah, yeah. Which is why maybe artists are the best in ways because they can only describe it sideways. Yeah, yep. And in yep. that language of art, it's like it's sort of the best way to explain it because it doesn't. You're not trying to do it out of your rational mind. Yeah, because the <laughs> rational mind is like completely befuddled by the experience. Yes. Right? But I also think it's this just this knowledge of like what Loyola, uh, Ignatius of Loyola said about it. It is the ability to see God in, you know, it is the madness, he says. Wow. Uh, it is the madness of seeing God in all things. Wow. I just need you to narrate my life <laughs> from here on out. <laughs> but it is a kind of madness. That's ex- yeah. Right? Why am I here? I just want to listen to you tell me, make sense of everything for me. Oh, Hang around long enough and you'll realize how what a, what a, what so a fool's good. errand that would be. Uh, that, no, that, that's so good. That that's amazing. Be... That, is, that is it. That's well, beautiful. you're amazing. Oh, well, thank you. I have Guys. so, you know, I, it, it, here's the thing. And I said this to um, John Mark Comer the other day, right? Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about what are we grateful for? It's Thanksgiving season, mm. you know, and uh, I try every morning to wake up. And when I walk or get out of bed, I immediately, it's like one of my first things I do. And I don't write it down or journal. I just begin mm. as part of my own journey to say thank you for things uh, mm-hmm. to be grateful for mm-hmm. things and one of the things that struck me we had an early morning uh, interview with john mark the other day he was a one and i the first thing that came to my mind is it is such a gift 
you walked in here, I don't know you. And we sit in front of mm. microphones, we, we listen to a piece of choral music. <laughs> you know, what people may not know about typology is we really don't come in with any, I don't like come in with a list of questions like this is where mm. things are going. I've mm. been on podcasts like that where mm. it's like, they sometimes they send me the questions mm. in advance. Mm. And I'm a little bit like, eh, that's too bad. <laughs> I always like to kind of like roll the dice and see where it's going to yeah. go because you don't know. Yeah. You just don't yeah. know. And this is one of those conversations where I just leave with a certain uh, grateful feeling in the center of my chest that was like, huh. Wow, what a delightful, beautiful human encounter this was today. Mm. Aw. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah, and I feel like I understand fives in a way now that have given me 2 or 3% increased clarity. And empathy. And appreciation. Yeah, appreciation is the word. For um, your contribution to the human community. Mm. Um, and I, and I, wow. you've, we've spoken about so many things that are, uh, need to be true for all types, right? They're universal truths about living in, in the present, uh, mm-hmm. about hearing the voice that says, stay, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> with the experience of, mm-hmm. of this moment, which is something you alluded to mm-hmm. earlier. Um, and, um, I, I just feel enlarged by the whole mm-hmm. conversation today. Isn't that lovely? It is. Thank you so, for being with us. Yeah, oh, thank you thank so you much. Yeah. What a great thing. House on a Hill came out in March, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a new release. Yeah, uh, new-ish. Uh, it feels kind of, well, it was in a vault for about a year. So I feel like it's been out longer than it has, but mm, yeah. That's like yeah. books. Yeah. <laughs> right, they've been sitting there for a while. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, let's get excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's yeah. like, okay, let's get excited. <laughs> I was already thinking about something else, but now yeah. we got to go work this pony. Like, let's go ride this pony at the birthday party until it drops. <laughs> that is it. That let's is exhaust it. the pony until yeah. you know until it can go no further. Will you come back? I would love to. Yeah, we need to do a panel of fives again. Yeah, yeah that was. A good one. I love it when we get yeah. all these types into a into wow. a space. So everybody, please go out and buy Amanda Cook's House on a Hill. Listen to the heart and the mind of a five and their way of being in the world. And listen to a mystic. Mm-hmm. Somebody who occupies that, that space. And it, it is so reflective of the gift that fives bring to us. And, dear friends, remember the words of the great Oscar Wilde. Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. See you next time.